welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe to River Listen Podcast so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at Michael Block Talk, on Twitter at Block Talk NYC, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. It was a season legendaire, and it all ended with a crown on the head of someone who appeared on a show called Legendary. Coincidence? I think not. It's time to talk all things Drag Race France 2, and joining me is the secret information supplier of the pod, David. Hello, how are you? Hello, Michael. I'm great, and thank you uh, for having me. Of course. Now, uh, friends, before I begin, um, if you listen to all the podcasts, good for you. I'm very appreciative of it. If you only listen to like this one because you only can only capture so much Drag Race at a time, I got three pieces of Drag Race news for the week. Are you ready to hear them? Sure. All right. First off, Drag Race Italia 3 will debut on October 13th, and we have a little bit of a shakeup when it comes to the cast of the judging panel. Priscilla is back. Chiara Francini is back. But Tommaso Zorzi is out. No one knows why. I want to find out. Someone let me know. But uh, he's I, I replaced know, by... Okay, we're going to hold that for a second because I can't wait to hear it. But he is replaced by a Paola and a Paolo. Um, Paola Iazzi, who um, I believe one of her uh, songs with uh, Chiara was used last season and then we have Paolo Camilli who was on the White Lotus season 2 is as one of the gays who was trying to kill Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> love them, love them in the show. Alright tell us what is going on, why is Tommaso Zorzi out? Well basically he had a contract with another uh, production company with the previous co- uh, production company and now the show is being produced by I think Paramount Plus and that is why mm-hmm. he cannot uh, he cannot participate anymore because his contract is with the previous one. <gasps> very basic. Oh, that very sucks. Basic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very that basic. Sucks. Good. Poor, poor, poor man. Uh, he was very pretty to look at, but um, he was an asshole at times. <laughs> he was, but uh, I'm uh, delighted that Kiara is staying. She's the best. If, if she left, I would be like, I'm not watching it. She's, she, <laughs> she's the best. She's a better drag queen than most of them, to be honest. <laughs> Right. Drag Race UK 5. We don't have an answer of when it's appearing. Um, All we know is RuPaul said soon, so we're going to go with soon. But what we do have is our guest judge list. Um, Some of the appearances will be from Asling B, Alexandra Burke, Kush Jumbo, Daphne Guinness, Joel Domant, Kristen McAmini, Sophie Ellis Becker, Saran Jones, Yasmin Finney, and Carol Volderman. Um, Fun list. Still no Catherine Tate. I'm still very upset about no Catherine Tate yet. I know all the women and I know none of the men. <laughs> yes. So uh, for me, I'm excited for Joel Doman, who is the host of the Mass Singer UK, as well as the upcoming Survivor UK. So that'll be fun. They're um, Yasmin Finney. Yeah. Yasmin Finney is going to be fun, as, she, as people know her from Heartstopper, as well as the upcoming Doctor Who. Oh, wow. Yes, I loved so I loved uh, her stopper, but I I I have to be honest, I haven't watched uh, Doctor Who. Um... It's okay, it's all right, it's all right. <laughs> There's a lot of Doctor Who to watch, so if you ever get yes, into it, yes, let me know. Yes, yes. Um, 
And finally, it's drag race adjacent, but it's kind of exciting. The first contestant for Eurovision 2024 has been revealed. It is Drag Race, drag race Belgique's Musti. He will be um, representing Belgium. Uh, are you excited? I am. I am actually. Uh, we didn't talk about it, but I am actually from Brussels and I'm podcasting from Brussels at the moment. I love Musti. I yes. love uh, everything about him and I love this uh, role in uh, Drag Race Belgique as well. So very exciting for the country. Now, um. You got to uh, say hi to him recently. Did you know did. he was going to be on a part of Eurovision? No, I did not. I, I think everyone is uh, very excited in the in the gay uh, sphere here in Brussels. It's I, I feel like it was a big surprise, but okay, we are not that close, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a great um, uh, entry. Obviously, last year was kind of a gay entry for uh, Belgium as well. Um, so we'll see. We'll see who uh, what he pulls out because I don't think there's a song yet. I think now officially September first, all the songs are allowed to be revealed, so they want to. Yeah, and uh, in uh, last year, last year's uh, clip from Gustav, you can see one drag queen actually, uh, Veronica Deneuve. She's great. She's from uh, Flanders. Mm -hmm. She was amazing. I've seen her live, and she's great. So I was hoping we could see her amazing. on the main stage, wow. but uh, she wasn't there. Ah, one day, one day. All right. Now that that's all out of the way, uh, pronunciations, friends, I apologize. I did download Duolingo, but I'm not learning French yet. I'm going with Portuguese because that one's really hard and I have a lot of um, drag position. But you're here to help me because I'm going to mispronounce everything. <laughs> I can speak French. And as always, no I must problem. leave it. And I must leave our disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We're discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us. Reality projection. We are showing the editing and television show wants to see. We react to what's been. Yes, the real thing. Gone on to go on television. Share the crap. They also been telling the business to discuss. We're setting the podcast for entertainment to discuss reality TV show. Okay. Now, you are from Belgium, but you watch Drag Race France. What yep. is, I mean, we'll talk about it in a moment, but what is the connection to drag artists between Belgium and France? Is there a crossover? Well, I mean, I'm from French-speaking uh, Brussels. Uh, I mean, Brussels mm -hmm. is bilingual, but I'm French-speaking. Of course, there's a lot of links between our two countries. The queens from France uh, travel sometimes in Belgium. The queen from Belgium definitely travel often to France. I think every queen right. uh, from uh, the cast of Drag Race Belgique season one went to France for viewing parties during season one and season two. And uh, in the opposite direction as well, um, the Queen from France held viewing parties for dra uh, Drag Race Belgique. Uh, I've been uh, here uh, to Drag Race Belgique, um, sorry, to Drag Race France viewings in um, in Brussels the whole season. That was a um, great interconnection between the two casts and between the, the drag world in France and Belgium. Now, obviously, we love seeing the interaction between the casts um, in on social media. Do you know if um, any of the French queens had um, previous relationships with the um, Belgian queens from Drag Race? Well, some of them knew definitely each other. I think uh, from the viewing parties, from social media, from just hanging out at the right uh, mm -hmm. place at the right time. Um, I think some of them were less known at the start of the season. For instance, Ginger Beach was a local queen from Nice. So I don't think she knew a lot of people. Um, mm -hmm. But the Parisian queen, definitely. Cookie Conti, for instance. I think everyone here in uh, in Europe knows her. She, I mean, she sure. will be introduced as a drag legend and she really is. Um, Kitty Space as well is very well known uh, for her makeup um, skills. Um, yeah, so I think a lot of uh, a lot of the queens were well known, and I think personally known by some of the queens here. 
Nice. All right. We're going to go through it. We got a lot to talk about. We are live at the Grand Rex in Paris. The room is filled with fans. The majority of the cast of Drag Race France season one is there. Uh, peep that cast of Drag, Drag Race Belgique. Um, so if I magically did get to go um, and Nikki got me in, which she said she was going to get me in, I probably now knowing who was there, I would have requested a seat next to Edna so she could translate <laughs> everything for me. Yeah, she's she's great. And she's actually, I think, the first person we see, actually, when the episode opens. We she see is Ed- right next, Edna and right Susan. next yeah. to Susan. Yes, yes. That's uh, wearing her promo look. Brilliant. Very I think good. she did it for the international audience, to be honest, so that people would recognize Absolutely. her. Absolutely. I think it was... It was so smart. So smart. Yeah, yeah, really uh, let's talk about some of the queens in the room. Um, obviously, Susan is there. I think the majority of the cast was there. I did not see Boop. Was she there? No, Boop, she uh, Boop is taking a long break for her mental health. Uh, she has announced it uh, okay. um, a few months ago on uh, on Instagram. Uh, and uh, I believe Brittany was also not there. Brittany Van Botox, the first mm-hmm. eliminated queen. Um, and from Drag Race, from Drag uh, Race France season one, everyone was there, but uh, Soa um, wasn't there. And Lolita also. Um, I, I I do want to mention um, Lola Diva La Big Berta. Both of them brought their portable fans with them. How hot was it in that room? Because by the end of the show, you saw a lot of people fanning themselves. It was horrible. It, uh, it's a heat wave here in uh, in Europe. I mean, it was actually uh, by the time it was filmed. I think it was in the 40, 40 mm-hmm. uh, Celsius degrees. No idea what it is in uh, in Fahrenheit, uh, unfortunately. But, I couldn't uh, do the uh, trend do it for us either. Sorry. <laughs> it was uh, crazy, crazy hot. And you could see it. As the um, as the filming goes by, you can see at the end there's a, a shot of the audience, and you can re- literally see the people like the yeah. makeup melting on their face. That was uh, <laughs> that was quite intense. And I've learned Oops. that there was only two water fountain for the whole building for the two thousand five hundred people there. Yeah, just crazy. <gasps> oh no. Okay, good thing I wasn't there. Um, do better next season for season three when I'm yeah. when I'm able to go. All right, let's meet our queen. Category is Dragnifique. In honor of the runway, we are going to play Fit for a Queen or Fit for a Peasant. <laughs> Starting off with Rose, looking by Maldito Paris. Uh, first, it was hilarious that they forced Rose to stand there the entire time that that voiceover was going on. I think the fashion reference is present, but maybe it's me, but it kind of looked like a butthole, a giant big butthole uh the color is beautiful the pink pairing with the blonde hair is very marilyn monroe i wish she was wearing a necklace i don't know what her aversion to drag jewelry is but the bitch needs some drag con uk girl i'll hook you up with the accessories what this felt like is someone who wanted to make a big impact and statement at the finale and ended it up with a butthole I think I think she she looked she looked good. I mean, she looked intriguing when when the episode opened and you could see like her from the back. I heard from people in mm-hmm. the audience they didn't know who it was actually because like apparently she walked uh, backwards to the center of the stage, so people thought it was maybe Nikki or whoever. No one knew mm-hmm. it was Rose, um, and it it had an impact when she turned around. It was like wow, that's that's great. But then yeah, as the night go went on and you could see her without the the hood like thing. Yeah, it was a bit simple, but I, I love her and I, and, I, and I like to look. It was a bit simple, but I liked it. I'm going to go fit for a peasant. I'm not a fan of it. Uh, soft fit for a queen. 
the audience. 50% fit for a queen, 50% fit for a peasant. They could not decide. Moving on to Vespi, look and wig by Atina Black. I do not know why this did not get 100% spoiler alert. Uh, I absolutely adore this. She's giving you a drag silhouette much broader than she wore on the show. That is a beautiful nude top. The gloves are cascading to that stunning sunset dress. This is drag. This is fashion. The hair, uh, I've come to learn it's very Parisian drag hair. It's the moment we live for it. I thought Vespi was stunning. She she was amazing. She, I think she had one of the best look of the night. It, it looked incredible. Um I mean, even now it's it's I, I look I'm looking at it right now and it's it's crazy. Um the only flow I can find is that she cannot walk in it. <laughs> so you can see her like hobbling mm-hmm. around and apparently it took her 15 minutes to get to the center of the stage where she had to pose. So yeah. Oh, so yeah, it, Poor it's, girl. It, it's it's gorgeous, but it's apparently very um, hard to handle. That's when I would say pick crew, pick me up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. I will give her a fit for a queen. Fit for a queen, definitely. It's amazing. Audience, 83% fit for a queen, 17% fit for a peasant. Kitty Space, look by Pippa Just Pippa, hair by wig by Aleste. I think this goes very well with her drag persona. This is very out of this world look. She blends fabric textures well to create something very evocative. I think the hair is very ornate and wild. I'm just a bit underwhelmed because we've seen variations of this from her before. For me, it felt a little safe, but it still looked good. Yeah, same. It, it felt a little safe. I like it. I like her as well. I think she's a great queen who didn't show enough in the show, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it, it's very pretty. She said that it encapsulated all the runway teams from the season. So I couldn't quite find them all. But okay. it's also a callback to her um, entrance look. And of course, the space mm-hmm. team from her name and in the in the different looks. But uh, yeah, she looks good. She looks good. I will give her a fit for a queen. Same fit for a queen. Audience, 82% fit for a queen, 18% fit for a peasant. Ginger Bitch, look by Mademoiselle Kiss, hair by Wig So Blue, nails by Drag My Nails. Uh, this is drag. She has taken a very simple silhouette and made it grand. Do I personally love a chat moment for a finale? No, but hey, everything else about this was finale worthy. Love the green pair with the orange hair. She can get away with not wearing a necklace here because the tool on the bus is a statement. She has certainly stepped it up since the season is over. She looks amazing. I loved, loved, loved that look. Um, it's also, I mean, the color is great. I love the bitch in the hair, like the little uh, barrette mm-hmm. with the, the, the ginger bitch. Um, no, she looks she looks great. I loved it. I will give her a fit for a queen. Same fit for a queen. One of the best look of the night, uh, personally. Audience, 91% fit for a queen, 9% fit for a peasant. Moon, look by Ajapani, hair by wigs by Gingerella, nails by the Nails Destroyer. I don't want to call this lazy, but this is such like a, hey, I pulled this out of my closet and I still look couture. The pale pink is a nice color that works well with the big ginger hair. She's showing her body right. Again, necklace, baby girl, I got you, drag con. We're, we're, we're going to find you some drag jewels. I loved the the hair and makeup. I think she looks gorgeous when I when I'm looking at her face and she's she's really stunning. The dress is simple. Uh, it's a little bit yeah, it's a little bit simple, but uh, yeah, she looks so good. Uh, I cannot fault her for this. I'll give her a fit for a queen. Me too, fit for a queen. Audience, ninety-two percent fit for a queen, eight percent fit for a peasant. Cookie Cunty, look by Manu Fernandez, hair by Jean Baptiste Santines, nails by Drag My Nails. Okay, 
so Cookie is known for grand and dramatic, and I think that she has that, but it's not as powerful because the color is a bit muted. The cream is pretty, but I think a bolder color would have been stronger. Love this silhouette. I um, It's very simple in fabric, but it's very basic for drag. The hair is incredibly busy. I'm not sure what the story was, but um, it is a sculptured masterpiece. And again, we all know what I'm going to say. Necklace! <laughs> yeah i i'm a bit confused as well by the look to be honest uh it's it it looks good uh they all look good but it looks very simple i think one of the problem and i think it's the same for all the queens um across the the, the lineup is that the stress that you can see on their on their on their bustier and on their dress they don't read because of the different lightning that they have here mm -hmm. um in comparison to with the, the drag race uh, stage and so it looks very flat Whereas I think that in the room, it must have been shiny and, and very beautiful. Sure, but, sure. Um, yeah. She looks good. I, mean, I will give her I'll give her a fit for a queen. Fit for a queen, for sure. And I want to, to shout out Nikki, who calls her a drag legend. She really is. She's one who launched mm -hmm. the career of so many drag queens. She didn't have the most beautiful edit in the show, but uh, she's, no. she's really amazing, uh, an amazing queen, an amazing person, an amazing performer. And I would encourage everyone to watch her live if they can, because she's, she's amazing. Yeah, I re I, when we did the Drag Race France season one preview, uh, one of my panelists was, thought that like Cookie would be the host. Like she yeah, would have been I primed too. to be the host of a show, but yeah. I guess you got to be on Drag Race first. Yeah. Yeah. Audience, 74% fit for a queen, 26% fit for a peasant. Peace. Look by Gregory Mignol, hair by Christoph Mecca. I wanted something huge from Peach, but this still worked because the reveal was extraordinary. I loved how that dress had movement. The color, again, muted for the stage. The detail of the neck up was sublime, where the white neck piece blended into the beard well, which blended into the hair. It was all seamless. This was a very Peach moment. Yeah. Did you realize what the hair uh, represented? What was it? It's actually a beard. If you look, it's a beard on the other side with the mouth, the red thing. Is in the it middle really? Is a, is oh, my God. Yeah, and a mustache. So it's the, like a mirror of her own beard. And, um, look yeah. at her. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Um, I didn't get the, the reveal, to be honest. I think she was like focused on her being the reveal queen because she won the episode mm -hmm. with the, the reveal runway. I mean, it looked good. It was well done. But yeah, I didn't need it uh, as far as I'm concerned. But she looks, she looks great. I think her makeup is amazing. It's much improved from the season i think she really um looks really good and the crystal beard is um mesmerizing to me she looks very good it's fit for a queen for sure fit for a queen audience 88 percent fit for a queen 12 percent fit for a peasant let's move to our final four first up kiona look by maldito paris hair by christophe mecca this is a gown made for royalty the purple is stunning she's able to show her leg while still giving regalness the bust is really cool. Gave us a little sparkle that we needed in the hair. Best hair she's had all season. Notice she yeah. didn't make it herself. Loved it. Loved it. And and have you noticed that the purple train didn't touch the ground the whole time? I don't know how she did it. Did she have a, like a personal fan or something like Beyonce? It, <laughs> it looked incredible. I mean, she, she was floating there. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. Best look she's ever worn, I think. I mean, at least on the show. Fit for a queen for me. For me too. Audience 100% fit for a queen. Mommy I mean, Wata, sure. look by Miss Boo, hair by Christoph Mecca. Listen, I don't hate Mommy Wata. I just have high expectations for a queen who floated to the end of the show and had the chance to get a gown made for her for the finale. The vinyl material has to be cared for, and that dress was wrinkly as fuck. I like red gloves matching the hair. 
Um, though it is cursed to wear a crown to a finale as it means you will not win. Uh, what I will say is I'll give her credit because it's not a two-piece. I I I I love Mami Wata. I, she was one of my favorites. She's so, so funny. She's so personable. She's she's great. Um, I like the look as well. Um, I didn't. I don't like really the material, like the shiny kind of plasticky material. But I think she looks yeah. great, and you can tell that she she got some coins in between the filming and the finale, and um, she she spent she it well. I think she looks good. I'm gonna be that asshole. It's fit for peasant for me. It's not for me. No, I loved it. Fit for a queen. And everyone agrees with you. 72% fit for a queen, 28% fit for a peasant. Hunani, look by Vanessa Pinto, face jewelry by Roman Gatier, hair by La Pujotre. There is so much going on here. It's drag, it's fashion, it's Paris runway ready. I expected her to go extraordinary in finale look. This did not disappoint. There's only one thing that bothers me, and it's the use of colors. She's got two very different blues going on, one in the hip area, one in the hair. I wish yep. they matched. I love the cream. I don't know why she chose such a drastic color for the base of the dress. Black was a little too dark for me. That being said, it did help pull your eye to the focal point being the waist up. Like, I don't know why she's got bones on her face, but I'm glad that her stupid freaking boyfriend 3D printed these as well. <laughs> her gorgeous boyfriend. Uh, no, I, I, I really... Um... I like the look. It's very Marie Antoinette, very um, very fashion, very Paris runway, as you said. Um, and yeah, it doesn't really read when you see it in the show. But if you look at her Instagram, you can see that her kind of feathery color, it actually moves by itself. Uh, it's very uh, mesmerizing to, to check. So everyone check her Instagram. She It's very nice to look at. And it's fit for a queen. I will give it a fit for a queen. Same. Audience, 92% fit for a queen, 8% fit for a peasant. And finally, Sarah Forever, no designers listed. Uh, this is the androgynous Bowie realness I love that Sarah brings. I don't know if there's a specific reference point, but this look, it's bold, it's evocative. The black and white tie-day effect on the suit is very interesting. I love those pops of gold in the pant, collar, and tie. And the hair. It's someone saying like that this experience turned them gray, like maybe they, it, it was a hard, long <laughs> journey um believe me like i feel like i age faster watching as much drag race that i do oh <laughs> uh, yeah same to be honest uh no uh, she she mentioned somewhere that uh, she wanted to reference a cigarette like a burnt cigarette um that is why the the, the look is the white um yellow and uh, and black for the ashes um and the look is made by uh, mm -hmm. Leon which is a designer in Brussels that made a lot of looks for Drag Race Belgique as well and he also made um they also made the Colette look that Sarah wore uh, earlier in the in the show very cool yeah. I will give this a fit for a queen uh it was my my least favorite look actually uh, I mean it's not for me I, I can recognize that it's very well done very pretty but not my taste but still uh, fit for a queen Audience, 80% fit for a queen, 20% fit for a peasant. Now, with all the queens on stage, it's time for a performance of We Are Legendaire. Now, World of Wonder. You know how pissed I was in the premiere episode where I was under unable to understand the lyrics because you kept the sing-along lyrics on the screen and prevented the captions to show the English. Well, you heard my complaint, but this time you didn't translate the lyrics. It was all in French. Um, why was it in French with the English subtitles? I don't know. Um, but it was a mess. But the worst part about it is when Peach went, all it said was 
inaudible. Yeah, with Cookie as well, it was really weird. Uh, I I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, What's um, happening? But even even me, I mean, I speak French, and like I think the sound mixing in general for the music was very bad, and you sometimes couldn't hear what they were. Uh, I mean, what they were lip syncing to. Um, yeah. What I found very weird is that they clearly cannot move in their dresses so they're like shuffling around in their, in their big couture gowns and it's very yeah. very awkward <laughs> yeah it was a fun performance i i don't know if like the song has blown up the way that some other drags it has have. it has um, it has in france it has, um, but it was really cool seeing them perform together and again like you said it was cruel for them to perform the choreography in those elaborate costumes but hey that's the price of fame if you're gonna have to do it you're gonna have to do it um, and you could tell the majority of the queens practice since filming cookie still could not get the words in her mouth and Rose, <laughs> does she just not know how to lip sync? I, I don't think it's her thing to be honest. I think she's like a fashion queen, a okay. comedy queen. I don't think she's a like okay. big performer. Even Punani, she said she only made like two or three lip syncs right. in her, in her career. So I don't think that's their thing. Um, she did the best she could. She was better now that she was in the, in the, in the first episode. And I like the little yeah. reference where she fake trips. Uh, that, was, that was cute. I got to assume that they're going to be forced to perform this every single night on the tour. Isn't that right? Uh, I'm sure of it. I think it's going to be the. I mean, I'm, I'm saying it now because I'm going to watch the show on the 15th of September. I cannot wait. And I'm uh, almost certain that will be the, the rappel song, the, the encore. Yeah, it's definitely going to happen. All right. It's our hostess of the evening. It's Nikki Dahl. She looks even with a jewel and crescent croissant. She she looks amazing. She she I mean, she looks great. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I I'm just so proud of her hosting this show for like a huge crowd. Like it's nothing. I mean, I've known her for years, and her growth is just incredible. Proud friend alert. So proud yeah. of her. Yeah, she she looks amazing. Um, it's also a reference to Sailor Moon, actually, to Queen Serenity from Sailor Moon, and uh, the, right. the the croissant. She's so uh, dirty. Yeah, she is, and the uh, the croissant. Uh, replace the moon crescent so it's kind of a reference in the reference so it's really smart there it well. is all right let's say hello to nikki's friends and judges daphne barkey kitty smile neither of them really dressed up for the occasion they said no. casual and comfortable i think i think they were very smart because with the heat i i don't want to know what the, what it must have felt like <laughs> right? in that theater you can see them actually well, if you look time... behind them you can see them sweating already <laughs> Oh, literally. It was it was it was rough. Well, it's time to find out who will be taking over as the Queen of France, taking on the crown from our current reigning Paloma. Nikki tells us they will have to put on a show with an iconic solo performance of an original track. In the end, there will be two left who will compete in a lip sync legendaire. Let's get started. We will start with a best of Kiona clip montage. They will highlight her performances in We Are Legendaire as well as the Rusical. We get to see some of her better looks as well as talking about her place in the ballroom scene. Of course, she faced some adversity, having not won a challenge until the Rusical, which was meaningful for her as it was part of her story. What was your favorite Kiona moment of the season? Um, definitely, I think the music drag, I think she was incredible in that Um and I just love Kiona. I mean, I, I was team Kiona from, I think from the music, the music dragon, I think I was team Kiona. She's, she, she was my favorite. She's, she's, she's motherly. She's kind. She's funny. She's an amazing dancer, an amazing performer. She has great looks. I mean, for me, she was the complete package, um, almost the whole season. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was really great. I, I enjoyed her. Um, and we're going to, we'll talk about, 
the battle of track record versus win record later on. Yeah. Um, but I felt like she was always someone who was consistently good. I never found her to be superstar great, but she was always good. Yeah, she 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 really was. Um, I I, th- I think she was great. I think I don't think she should have won maybe the the ball. Um, that's I think she she could Same. have go- like mm-hmm. I don't know, but I think she definitely could have won the first episode. I think she deserved to win yes. the the, the musical. So um, all in all, I think she had a, she had a great a great run in the show. One of I mean the best ever actually uh, in all of Drag Race. That's true. All right, her song is Deja Unusar. This is a giant stage to perform on. She's got a hotel bellhop cart as her prop and the boys. I don't know who the blonde one is, but I sure would like to find out who he is. <laughs> he was this... he was already in the tour oh. uh, the tour last year. Oh, is he really? Um that's yeah, yeah. not the one that um Paloma um I don't think so. With, right? I don't think okay. so. All right. Um, this felt very much like a dance track you hear in a club, uh, though the beat was very overpowering. You mentioned it earlier about the sound mixing, and I think her track being first, she was she felt victim to it first, but like the vocals were not as high as the background track. I I, I couldn't understand anything she was saying. Actually, she was actually saying aside from the chorus. And um, the people in the room, they told that uh, they couldn't hear anything either. So it was really like, she was nice to look at, but no one could hear what she was talking about. Um, But again, she has a personal magical fan somewhere. The way she moved Mm -hmm. her head, I don't know how she does it, but the way she moved her hair during the dance was was incredible. Like, how does she do that? Like, It was very, very, I don't know, incredible. This was a great showcase of her dance ability as well as her ability to command a performance. The moments of ballroom were great. Um, that tearaway moment was really dumb and unnecessary. I don't know why she did it because it didn't reveal much of anything. But overall, I think it was a strong performance and something I expected from her. Vocally, it's not what she's known for. She's a dancer, and that was the star part of the performance. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know if it's very clear in the show, but they actually wrote their own lyric and they sing themselves. They did on not the track. explain that. I assumed no, no. it. They, so they did. They they could uh, have. I mean, some of them had a, a co-writer, like their friends or someone they could hire to help them, and they they also sang it themselves, which is different than in the, in the US right. where they produce the songs for them. So yeah. Which is what kills me. I, 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 if you listen to some of the other podcasts, I've, I've said like, I want if you're going to do an original track, I want it to be their voice. Yep. Um, but whatever, I, I've been uh, told, no, 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 you're wrong. Um, but hey, not everyone can have a Leland track, can they? No. All right, Daphne will say that they are so proud and say that they only realized tonight and since the start of the competition that there are extraterrestrials and she is one of them as she doesn't understand where it all comes from. She thanks her for her joy and for everything she is giving. She says she doesn't know the future of Kiona but knows that everything she gave during the competition and tonight will remain. Nikki will fact check that and give us a little tidbit that Kiona has the best track record in the history of Drag Race. Um, for all of those little twinks who are out there like tabulating the, the stats of Drag Race, I thank you because I don't have the time or patience to do that. I mean, she she's been high the whole season, so yeah, it's she amazing. has been high the whole season. She's been winning. Um, 
yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if anyone will ever be able to capture that uh, track record. I don't think so. I don't think so. It was a short season. I mean, only eight episodes. So it's also part of the reason why. But I have... I, I don't know where she would falter, to be honest. She was good in acting. She was good in dance and singing. She was good mm -hmm. in designing. She could sew her own clothes. So, yeah, I, she, yeah. she's a really a, a complete package. Kiana is feeling very proud of her journey. She says when she started the adventure, she didn't think it would be like this and didn't know what to expect. She had expectations for herself, and she thinks she surpassed them, so she's very happy. Kitty will tell her that he is very happy to see her in the finale and says he was super hard on her because they knew each other from before as they are part of the same scene, the ballroom scene. He tells her that the whole scene is proud of her and represented them well. She landed. Now, Nikki will remind her that she was quite annoyed when she didn't win episode four, marking the fourth time in a row she had not won. How did she feel? Well, she will show us that she wanted to claw Nikki's eyes out, which is valid. I get it. She says that she felt the judges didn't necessarily see what she was doing or she didn't know how to place herself, but gave it more motivation to give her the victory later on. And she is here. She stayed focused and she stayed motivated. She felt great winning the next episode and told herself to wait her turn. When it happens, the timing is right. We're going to learn that Athena Turner congratulated her on her snatch game and she felt great about it as the goal was to be very present on the media. On social media, she knew she would see it, but until she posted on her Instagram, she felt very touched and very happy. Uh, did you see the message from Afita Turner? I did not. I, I don't follow her. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm That's not surprised. Okay. Uh, she, she She's very tuned into uh, what people say about her, Afida, I mean. Um, uh, so yeah, she, it was a nice performance. I mean, she, she did good as Afida. It wasn't offensive or anything. So really great. Um, great yeah, so are we... Are we to assume that if he's a Turner will be a guest judge on season three? I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's going to happen. Yeah. All right. Uh, she's going to release the champagne. Well, she says she's going to discuss it with Rashida. I don't know the reference. Not with Afida. So during oh, the snatch okay. game, she... that's why I thought it was said Afida because then because on the caption it said Rashida. It's like who the fuck is Rashida? <laughs> no, no. You mean in the snatch game she had a joke that she was uh, launching a new champagne called "Shut the fuck right. up." And, uh, right, and, which so is, and then the caption for this episode said Rashida. I said, okay, someone's so not going to pay a check. They failed again. I, I've seen the show uh, twice, um, once uh, by myself and one in the viewing party. And in the viewing party, it was subtitled in English. So sometimes my eyes mm -hmm. drifted to the bottom to read what they were saying. And the subtitles were horrible. So I can't fault anyone if they don't understand anything because it's very hard to follow if you don't. Yeah. yeah. Me. <laughs> All right, her husband Fernando and Vinny from the legendary house of Revlon are there in the audience for her. Fernando tells Kiona that he is very proud of her trajectory, but above all, the human that she is. Loving, courageous, talented, and generous. Everyone saw that. And Vinny is asked if he thinks Kiona could win, and he says that she has shown her episode after episode not only her talent, her charisma, but also her big heart. And also she has shown that she has the prettiest wigs to wear that crown with. And I was like, does she... I don't know about that. The one she has now is great. I, I'm not so sure about the one she will actually be crowned in, but okay. Um, I don't think so. I agree. And can we talk about the husband? Because he looks fine. Um, she told us he was a yes. fine man. He was a fine man, and he really was. Yes, good for her. Whatever, whatever. I'm not jealous. <laughs> All right, Nikki has one last question. The music gets sentimental. And the question I posed last week on the podcast are they not going to do the advice for the younger self? Surely they wouldn't do it here. Oh, maybe they are. 
The photo is here. Oh my God, precious. So cute. I love that Kiona was the test subject for this and then put on the spot while the other three now had to be backstage and think about what they're going to say. Of course. Of course. She was so, she was so like, what do you want to do that now? <laughs> it was great. I was, I, I was shocked because like, again, last week on the podcast, we discussed like, they're not going to do with the finale. Why would they do with the finale? They did it the finale. Kiana says to little Kevin that in this photo, that with everything that's going to happen in his life, which is not going to be easy, she wants to thank him, especially for having kept the courage and the motivation to carry on, even with the people who are supposed to protect and love us who are against us. She says he still found the motivation to continue to talk, to take her where she is today and can only express gratitude. She lets him know that everything will be okay. Uh, it was it was a nice little speech. Obviously, she was completely put on the spot. Uh, so I don't think she prepared this at all. No, no, no. I think I think she must have prepared something uh, six months ago when they filmed it. Uh, but she definitely looks like she was taken aback by this uh, at that moment. Well, well, speaking of the six months ago when they filmed it, did they have finale dresses? Yeah, that that's my question. I don't. I mean, some of them definitely did. Other didn't. I don't think so. But you could tell when you look at the dresses that they wear now. For instance, um, Kitty. I think it's a tearaway. And I think um, who was it? Uh, another one, um, Punani. I also think it's a tearaway. So I think they were definitely ready to lip sync in those dresses. Um, others, no. Yeah. So I think I don't know. Vespi couldn't listen. Couldn't lip sync in that thing if her life depended on it. So yeah, no idea. Yeah, I'm curious to know if some people had those was ready for the end of the season if they were filming it on set um because i don't think anyone knew that it was going to be a live finale i don't think so either but i have no tea uh, on that someone find out for us all right it's time for the best of punani we will see her fashion moments in her first runway where she teased with all the bits of clothing that were elements of what was to come we will hammer in the Rose plot line once again, but see how it helped Punani in the long run. We watch her comedy highlights as well as her low moments, having to lip sync the week after winning the Snatch Game. We also hear her story about being attacked on the train. She came in as a duo, but finished as a solo. What were your favorite moments of Punani? I uh, loved her Snatch Game. I loved that, that first runway, as you mentioned, and I loved that um, uh, lip sync she did on Juliette Armanet, Le Dernier Jour de Disco. She looked uh, mm -hmm. incredible in that. Uh, for her third lip sync ever, she looked uh, great in that. Yeah, Punani, I think, is one of my favorite characters because she was very subtle, but she, again, very consistent, very good at the art of drag. Very um, smart. And she was always pretty to look at. I, I like, she was always pretty to look at, in and out of drag. She, for sure. Uh, she's very smart, very funny. Um, I, was, I was really happy that she was uh, in the finale. Um, and her lyrics were the best lyrics of the of the night. Uh, very smart, very witty. Yes. Um, she referenced a lot of old 80s songs. I know that the 80s is like a favorite period. Um, no, it, it, it was amazing. The only thing I didn't like in the song is the reference to Paloma. I think it was, it, it's funny in the moment for sure. But I mean, if, if you listen to that song in the future, it's always going to be linked to Paloma. And I think it should have only been right. something for her. You know what I mean? But um, That's fair. But yeah, for me, she had the best lyrics, for sure. La Punanamite. Uh, very much a futuristic 80s, uh, from the look to the song. It was very fitting to her. Uh, the tinfoil moment was very interesting, but uh, she's got this little mo devil motif going on. Love the choreography for this because it was very simple yet very precise. Um, again, the blonde dancer with the bulge. I need a name. Someone find me a name, please. 
Um, the, I will say for a mid-tempo track for a finale, it's usually not a winning recipe, but I felt like that's only the only thing that would have fit for her to do. Up-tempo or a ballad wasn't right for Punani. This was right. Mm-hmm. The neck piece popping up, revealing the, the whole Paloma thing. I thought, again, hilarious for the moment, uh, but that face was very spooky looking. Yes, yes. And and again, it's not immediately clear what it is, you know. I mean, if, if you don't right. hear what she says. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh, for me, it didn't need it. I think it was. But yeah, it was um, it was a gag for sure, but it didn't. need it. Yeah. Daphne will thank her for the tribute to Paloma or as Punani says, Paloma. <laughs> Daphne says they've seen her grow up all season and she came together with a wonderful rose and they've seen them grow up on their own. She says it's impressive what she just did and thanks her for giving her the fashion as she likes when fashion becomes a topic of discussion and it had every time with her. She says it is concise fashion and gets things done. Kitty says that he thinks she's a really smart drag and comments on how she actually uses her intelligence to put on a show. And she proved it again and says that he loves her. She's amazing and keep it up. Nikki tells her that she was among the queens who gave the impression that they were discovering themselves in the competition. What did Hunani learn? She said she came in being two and finally discovered her as a solo. She also learned that she is a bit of a performer at heart and the seat is calling her. Well, I I guess we're going to spend some um, Hunani shows. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, I think... All of those queens have been uh, spending the whole summer doing viewing parties and events all over France. Um, and apparently she she got a taste for it. So why not? She will be reminded of the touching moment she paid homage to her grandmother during the ball. Does she do? No, she does drag now. Well, Punani says that TT is absolutely watching and says that she thinks she's a soon-to-be star in the Rockford as she will be signing autographs on the street. We love <laughs> a happy ending. Yes, yes, that was cute. Hunani has brought her lover, Roman, ill, whatever. Uh, and her friend she introduces to us, uh, her name is Rose. Never uh, heard of her. First, Roman, he's hot. He has beautiful eyes. <laughs> it's crazy how hot all those guys are. And he's also wearing a confessional look, Hunani's confessional look. Literally. Yeah. Roman says that what struck him the most was the strength and the persistence that she put in the whole competition because because she did not actually arrive with a background as a performer, and yet he saw her transcend and also forget a little every, uh, forgive a little everything that she thought of her and surprised herself. He says she was amazing. Now Rose will be asked by Nikki why Punani would be the perfect candidate to be the next great queen of France drag, and she says she has everything to be a queen. She was doing the count of the qualities and the defects, and there were only defects. Uh, no, she meant qualities. <laughs> we love this friendship. How do you think their friendship really faced the test of going through this experience together? Because obviously being Rose, it must be a little hard to watch your bestie who you are a duo with make it to the end. It must be, but I think in a way it helped that they were separated so early because they were never really in competition with one another. You know, Rose was was there and gone and then Punani was alone for the whole show so in that way I think it helped 
it must sting a bit for sure that you know you started drag together you did your whole career together you have a joint instagram account one of you is eliminated first one of you is um is in the finale but they also they mentioned it a bit later in the show rose is a comedy queen and she got to do two dance challenges so what could she have done really i mean she was a bit screwed by the order of the challenges yeah if so yeah that that's how the cookie crumbled unfortunately i i uh, if anyone remembers on the first recap i said rose is eliminated she's she's gonna be the first queen to uh, be brought back for a regular season and she's gonna slide into the end like this was their way of saying look we put rose and panani on the show and now we can have rose as the singular contestant too uh so that's my prediction i predict rose will be on a future season kind of way they brought the macarena back uh though the Why macarena not? did not have a great run so yeah, that Oops. was uh, that was a choice. But uh, why not? I mean, Rose is is great. She's obviously very smart, very kind, very intelligent, very funny. Um, she can do it. But yeah, if it's a dance yeah. challenge, if it's a performance, like really lip sync challenge, she might falter again. Who knows? Rose, uh, enroll in Block Talk University. I will help you out. Um, first rule: fucking get uh, necklaces. All right. <laughs> Nikki has one last question for Hunani. It's time to say something to little Jules. She says it's true that it's not easy when it happens. She will tell him that he's lucky to be raised in an artistic family, and that he will be very curious, and that will be his strength. He will be a bit lonely. He will not be understood by many people, but the people who will understand him will accept him and will create an exceptional family of friends and people around him. She will tell him that his tooth will grow, but on the other hand, not his eyebrows. That is a problem, but she loves him. That was that was great. Uh, you can tell she rehearsed it, it a bit. Cute. Yeah. She 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 had a couple seconds to be like, oh wait, I have to do this now. Let me let me think of something. Yeah, yeah. Now to break things up, we are going to get a montage of the moments that made us laugh and cry. From Ginger Bitch roasting the queens of season one to the reading challenge, we had a reminder that Moon was afraid of fake snakes. Puppets destroy the queens' egos. A reminder that Mummy has no idea who is in fact dead or alive. Sarah <laughs> and the Moan will live with her forever. And Punani did impersonate a legend in front of her face. And where do you think that orange sleeveless vest is now? We will get a glimpse of some of the chaos from the mini challenge as well as Ginger getting drunk. What were your favorite ha-ha sad sad moments? I mean the <laughs> the roast of Ginger was 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 incredible. And then the, yes. the 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 whole running joke of Mami doesn't know who is alive or dead. That I mean that that's why people love Mami, you know, that's why she's so she's so beloved uh, in France and yeah. in Belgium. She 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 was so so great. I mean so so funny. So so clueless too. I mean, she with was. That, I don't know. Very clueless. Very clueless. Well, with that, let's chat with the eliminated queens who are all sitting on a stool, except for Vespi, because she literally cannot sit down. <laughs> what did she do backstage? Did she just stand there the entire time? Maybe she leans like on the pillar or something. I don't know. It's uh, like really look. someone like. I really hope someone just lifted her up and like put her on a couch and said, let me know when you need to get up. Looking, I'm looking at them right now and I'm just cracking up because it looks so weird seeing, seeing her like standing while they were sitting down. It's so strange. And what's weirder is she's the same height as everyone sitting down. (laughs) She's so tiny. Yes. She's so tiny. All right. Nikki will tell Rose that she is the queen of comedy and she's done two dance challenges. Is she lucky in life? Well, that's comedy right there. 
But she says yes, that she had the chance to do comedy by leaving first. She was the first to leave, but Nikki asks her if she had a lot of great things prepared, including her Snatch Game. Nikki will ask her for a little bit of who she would have done, which would have been Marianne James, who is a singer, actress, and co-presenter of Eurovision. She will say some words, and I don't know where Rose ended and Marianne started. Okay, first of all, she was also a guest judge in season one, if you recall. And the impression was uncanny. Like, I was like, what the hell? It it sounded just like Marianne James. It was crazy. Um, I don't think she was very funny in what she said, but the imitation itself was, um, the impersonation was incredible. Amazing. I don't know how she did it. Vespi is told that in just two episodes, she was the queen of fashion. Nikki tells her that her wasp look was one of the best she's seen on Drag Race. And someone has a question for her. It's Lovela Diva. Look at her getting more screen time on season two than her actual season. So funny. Now, she will say that she loved her wasp look, but she wants to know if she can also do it for bumblebees. She says she obviously does it in bumblebee. Um, okay, this is what the caption said, and I said that's not anything coherent. What was what was going on here? I mean, it is it is actually what she said. So they translated it correctly what she means is that does she do it in excel excel size uh, basically does she do it in okay. larger size for larger person okay gotcha gotcha that did not come across in the translation no, i was like I don't think so. okay so why do they waste that question for Vespi? I, I have no idea uh but lova la diva is so funny uh, whatever i mean she can do whatever she's always yeah, she, she's very very f- she was very funny. All right. Nikki tells Kitty Space that she had one of the most beautiful awakenings of the season, a.k.a. she meant reveal. Kitty yep. says it was for all the queer and LGBT people in the world as it was a tribute to the community. Nikki tells her she loved her spirit and that all her looks were amazing. But question, who had the more beautiful Delita look, her or Cookie? Well, Kitty says that Cookie had the same inspiration, but when she thinks of it both, she was the most Asian Delita. How very politically correct. Yeah, I I don't know about that. I, like, did she know that the question would be asked? It felt a little bit cringy to no. me. Um, yeah, yeah, very, very awkward. Very All right, weird. it's time to address Ginger Bitch. But before Nikki can say anything, a voice in the audience is heard. It's La Big Berta. She has a question. How does it feel to do a cooking challenge? Ginger says she didn't do a kitchen challenge. She was just there to reload the fridge. And Nikki tells her she didn't eat, but she did, sure did drink. And Berta <laughs> says that they will cook together. Uh, that would be a fun show. I'm sure they can do like an online show. They, they could do it or they could actually do a cooking inspired show. Like we have like Top Chef in France. We have um, yeah. Master Chef, whatever. Do 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 that as a parody. Like the, the Talon Faible was so well received. Um, do a parody of a cooking show. Why not? Now, uh, when it comes to uh, Master Chef, I believe, um, do you have a celebrity version like they do in the UK? I don't believe so. Because um, we've yeah, had two drag know. queens on their celebrity version. Three oh, wow. celebrity version. Uh, Bag know. of Chips, Kitty, uh, Scott Claus, and uh, Cheryl Hole all have done um, Celebrity MasterChef. Oh, great. No, I, I don't think so in France, but maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Moon! The crowd goes wild and with a standing ovation... Nikki reminds her she was the first to leave Drag Race France voluntarily, recalling the importance of mental health. How is she? Well, Moon says she was going to make a joke and all, but in fact, it's going, she's going well. She's doing well. She is great and she is taking care of herself. Now, Nikki will ask her if she's 
been honored in Switzerland and if they've given her a medal or chocolate? The answer is no. She says if they want to give a little recognition to get out the checkbooks, a theme we are going to hear from her later on in the episode as well. I I was like, I loved Moon. She was one of my favorites. I was yeah. like, I understood why she left. Uh, she explained um, also in uh, viewing parties and uh, in, on, on Instagram and Twitter, um, more in depth, her reasonings. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just loved her. I think everyone in France, Belgium, everywhere in, in the US loved Moon. Uh, I think she was a bit taken aback, to be honest, by the reaction that she got mm-hmm. when everyone stood for her and clapped for her. Yeah, she 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 felt a bit like frazzled by it. Um, I don't think she realized how much loved um, she is by everyone. Um, but yeah, she, yeah, I don't she think she. I don't think she got that. Yeah. Um, now again, I don't. I, I know all y'all Europeans are much better than us Americans because we like know one language. I feel like Moon is. She got. French very down very well. When Jennifer she broke into English a little bit, she, it sounded like she had an American accent when she was saying some uh, English words. She 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 speaks English um, as a Swiss, I believe. She could also speak German or Italian. I know that they have three right. languages uh, over there. Um, yeah, no, she 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 could definitely go on a, on an international season if she wants. I don't know if she will though, because if if France was hard for her. Um, a season where I mean France, you know, it's it's on the public uh, TV station, um, and they have very strict rules on how the contestants must be treated. So they have a day off. Mm-hmm. They can leave the hotel. They have their phones. They cannot blast the AC. They are well fed. So you can see that they are happier in general than contestants in other franchises. Um, <laughs> so if that was enough to make her cracked, and I, I understand why she did. I'm not sure how she would fare in a versus the world season, but yeah, I'm all for it. Um, I think she's, she's, I feel like fan pressure would get to her. And at some point she'll be like, if the money is right, you will see me there. Let's hope so. If she can, if she can handle it. And if she, if she feels confident in her own uh, safety and her own uh, health, why not? Why not? Well, speaking of someone who I'm sure will love to do a, a show again, it's cookie. Nikki says they know about chocolate cookies, almond cookies, but chili cookies. Nikki tells her that she wasn't afraid to show she was a little spicy. And Cookie says that she grew up in the Caribbean and ate spicy food all her life and thought it would be good TV to be a little spicy. She says in the community that they throw shade and it's always friendly. And in the end, they all love each other. And that's what counts. Again, why are we highlighting that as Cookie's journey as a singular question? Um, She did a little more than that. I, I have no idea. I think what they try to do is like make her explain that she is not actually that that awful person that she might have been perceived right. as by the the public, uh, that she's actually a fun loving person, which she is. She she is a great person. Um, but yeah, she 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 speaks very good English. She speaks Spanish as well. So why not seeing her on another on another international season? And looking at her now. In close-up, sitting down, she looks incredible. Like her makeup is great, the wig is great, the dress is also looking very good. I don't think she re- it reads when she was standing and parading at the beginning, but seeing her now, she looks she looks incredible. And finally, Pish Nikki asks if she expected such love from him. Says yes, but she's still <laughs> embedded Leonardo DiCaprio in a dorm. She will say that she never expected it and feels very lucky and thanks them from the bottom of her heart for all the love she's received. Now, we will have a moment where someone in the room has something to say to Peach. It's her mother, Nina. 
And maybe it's me, but I felt like Peach was a little taken aback by this moment where I don't know if she was prepared that this was about to happen. Okay, so so say what you want to say, and I will have I will have some things to say afterwards okay. because there is a yes, lot of please. background info that's that's not very clear in the episodes, and uh, and they didn't that's dwell on about, it. But, that's uh, exactly where I'm going to go with it. Um, I don't know if there was missing information, a reconnection. I don't know, but this is what Nina will say. She says that she loves her three children in the same way, and she knows it. She wants to tell her that she is moved. She says she often hears that she's lucky to have a mother who is understanding nice and who is present in all she wants to tell everyone there to all the parents in front of their screens that they are lucky ones to have children like peach she tells peach to be herself be beautiful mischievous smart caring and happy humans as that is the most important she says whatever she goes by he she wears a dress or pants surround yourself with love as that's the most important now again Based simply off of what we reacted to on the show, hearing her story about being essentially exiled at age 13, I did. I was like, wait, we missed something here. I felt very, very secondhand embarrassment watching it uh, for the first time. It felt very, very weird. Um, but actually, what happened was, uh, Pish explained it uh, on her Twitter, I think, and also in viewing parties. Um, when, so, so, she was outed by her boyfriend or ex-boyfriend uh, when she was 13 mm -hmm. to her mom and her mom decided to tell the father. So why she did it, she said, I mean, Pish said, the mother discussed it with Pish, first of all, because they said, okay, the story is out there. It's better if we tell your father instead of your father learning it from like outside sources. So that first, first of all. Second of all, the father actually said, okay, you can stay here, but I don't want to hear anything about your gay lifestyle, his words. Um, Pish said no, because he doesn't want uh, conditional love. He wants unconditional love. That is why he left um, his home at mm -hmm. uh, age 13. But the mother left with him. She divorced her dad and she actually raised him. Um, and I believe maybe also uh, the siblings. That's not very clear. So, yeah, no, no. She, she was actually part of her life. Uh, I mean, part of Pish's life the whole time. Um, she's very beloved by Pish. She was her plus one in the audience. Um, and by the whole cast, everyone loves her. So, so yeah, it, it's a bit... I think Pish actually discussed it in the show, but they kind of cut around it for time. And uh, by the time yeah. the finale heard, it was too late to re-edit the episode. So I think it was a bit of confusion uh, edits. Um, no, she did actually look a bit, uh, a bit um, weirded out by what her mother was saying. I don't think she expected her mom to launch into a long, uh, a long um, speech like that, which apparently was longer than what we saw. We, we saw an edited version of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh God, uh, that's what I heard. Um, but she's actually—it so was weird. Again, like hearing what you're saying, okay, makes a lot more sense because again, based on context of what we saw on the show, I was like, oh, she has no relationship with the family at all. Okay, clearly yeah. not the case with the but father. Did anyone, did any of the other eliminated queens have anyone speak out or was it just Pish? That I didn't hear. I think it was only Pish. I think because Weird. of that story, very bizarre. But I want to, to correct something. I don't know if it maybe is the wrong translation uh, at fault, but uh, Nina says that everyone should be happy to have uh, gay children, not just her with Pish. So she, she, she was making generalities that people would be very gotcha. lucky. To have, uh, it said mother. It said mother. Everyone should have a mother. I was like, well, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's, 
I don't know. All no, right, yeah. that checks out. Yeah, definitely lost some translation. Hey, um, Google Translate is not yeah. a good, good um, person to hire for this. Nope. <laughs> all right, let's look at clips of Mami Wata. Let's start with all the two pieces and get that out of the way first. We will hear about the, her difficulty of sharing who she was with her parents and doing drag and how this is a reclamation of who she is. We see her talent show performance and her alleged comedy performances and, of course, a moment from the Rusical. And remember when she won the Puppet Challenge, her first and only victory of the season? What was your favorite Mami Wata moment? She also won the, the Talon Faible, actually, the weakest heel. She won two mini challenges. That's true, uh, that's true. Yeah, I loved her in the musical. I loved uh, I loved her in general. I think she was a breath of fresh air in the season. She really, I mean, she really proved that you can come. I mean, I know that her looks weren't weren't always there, um, but I mean, she she came there with nothing but a dream and and like and like a, a small suitcase. She made it work. I think she was very brave to do it as well to expose herself like that to 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 France and to an international audience. Um, she was she was being herself. Do I believe she she should have uh, lip synced once or twice? Uh, yes, um, of course. I think SpongeBob. she. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that definitely should have landed her in the bottom. I think she should have lis uh, also lip synced uh, in the makeover uh, episode. But um, I'm not Absolutely. mad to see her in the um, in the finale. I think she's she's really amazing. She's funny. She's kind. She's um, she's a great person. You can tell. Mwah, mwah, mwah. This song really is about her, her, her. I love that the background actually made the stage feel full. Are we shocked that she is starting the song out sitting on a throne? No. She will give us this fabulous look, but we'll still be showing body. And then we will see the corset. And that is her all over it. Me, me, me. I think the track was fitting for her, but her performance was a bit like she was a flailing, inflatable um man at a car wash like that's what i was seeing in the dance the performance felt like it was on brand for her she did the least but everything she did everyone ate up as far as the track one of the stronger tracks of the night yeah, yeah and of yeah. course she ends the song by being lifted by four hands men what a rough life she it was the first track you could you could actually hear i don't know if they corrected yes. something in between the performance maybe they during must the have yeah, I don't know. So it was great. She 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 made um, such an impact. I mean, she danced. She she had a presence. She has charisma, actually. That's I think the most important thing to her she when does. you're a, dra a drag queen. She she really lights up the room when she's there. Everyone clapped. Everyone was happy for her. I think. Can I spoil? I mean, you have the winner in uh, behind you, so I think I can spoil that she does not uh, make the final lip sync. Um, and you could tell that everyone knew it. She knew it. It was all good. Everyone was like, thank you for coming, Mami. You were great. We love you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it was it was fine. I think Punani kind of maybe hoped that she would make it. But yeah, Mami definitely didn't. And so she was there to have fun. She was there to, to present herself. She had Absolutely. no pressure on her. And it was great. Daphne will scream the spirit of Wata. Also, please note by this point in the show, Daphne and Kitty are seated. They're like, do not make us stand anymore. <laughs> we are sitting down. We're not standing up. Uh, Daphne tells her that she has the guts and has had them since the beginning she tells her that she's impressed her and she's going to be famous she says that she's shown them that life's been a bitch to her but on stage she was full of grace and Grace Jones <laughs> Kitty says 
There's something bewitching about her. He thanks her for being a visible part of the African queer community and says that he knows it wasn't easy for her to be on the show because of what it meant to her family. But she brought joy and hope to many oppressed people in Africa and tells her her she's got to keep going. Now, Nikki says that her song is called Mwa Mwa Mwa, but she's not exactly sure what it's about. Well, Mommy says that in the media, she finds that they do not pay enough tribute to pretty girls who they all know in life and death. So she decided to pay tribute to herself. As well as she should. Now, Nikki will remind her that Rosie de Palma said, you do not touch, and this is what it said, grandma water? <laughs> yes. So, so mommy actually means grandma in, uh, in, uh, in French. Okay. I believe I believe that the name comes from Mami Water, Mami Wata, so like the, the, right. the granny of the water, Esprit de l'eau, as they said, spirit of the water. Uh, so yeah, that's why, um, as you said, Google Translate, not the best help. Yeah, not great. Uh, Mami says that it was a favorite moment of the season because there was a star of that scale who admires her work and didn't want her to be eliminated. Nikki will ask her about the reaction from the public and about her intimate topics raised on the show. Mommy says if she can be there today, it's thanks of the public because when she had to talk about a lot of the sensitive subjects, there were people who wrote to her and came into contact with her who had similar experiences. She says from queer people to queer people, they understood each other and it makes her happy to be there and to carry the message as an African and a very black queer person. This is what it takes. All right. She has brought the mother of the house, Matthews, and her brother, Charles Emmanuel. Nikki will ask Charles, since she grew up with her, where does the allergy to, as it said, quote, tissues come from? I know what it was supposed to be because we all got it. Um, tissues? What's the French yeah. word for tissues? Uh, so tissue means, uh, means uh, cloth, actually, uh, like uh, fabric. Uh, so that's what uh, it meant. But yeah, it's a false friend, false equivalence. So yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, the subtitles were terrible. Tissues was like horrible. Does she not like to cry? Like what is happening? I don't get it, but no. <laughs> he says she's a mermaid, a mermaid with no fabric. Matthews is asked why she can win. And he says she has already won by being there and says that she is a great person, strong, incredible, talented, beautiful, Ivory Coast of St. Denis. He goes on to say liberty, equality, fraternity, love, glory, and beauty queen. She will remain Mami Wata, spirit of water. And there was our slam poetry of the night. Can we talk about their look though? They look amazing. I mean, she was, I mean, yes. they were incredible. I love, I love that wig thing with the pearls. I love the, 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 the t-shirt. I think she was, she, they were the most comfy people uh, there in that room. I think. Uh, in that yeah. Room. Yeah. Meanwhile, I probably would have worn my like disco uh, biker jacket and I would have been sweating my ass off. So they, I will wear it if I get to go them. next year too. All right. It's time. What will she say to herself as a child? She will know that she already had a crown on her head. And so it's a given. She tells him to not wait because there are many moments in her life they will tell him to wait before being himself and that he will tell himself that he must wait. And even now as an adult, as Mami Wata, she still thinks she has to wait before being herself. So she will tell him in French not to wait, to think of himself and to put himself before everyone, even if she can displease some people. And bitch, let's fucking go. She can had more time than the other one and she still came up with crap. But can we can we look at how fierce uh they looked that as a child? Fierce. Yeah, it's amazing. And it I was also an incredible photo. 
I loved, loved, loved that when when Kiona, it was like, what can you tell to little Kevin, to little Jules, to little Mathieu for Sarah? And here they said, what can you tell to the version of you as a child, uh, respecting her, her, her yeah. struggle with gender identity? I thought it was very, very well uh, thoughtful uh, of yes. Nikki and the production. I uh, really loved that. Absolutely. Let's take a look at the best of Sarah forever. We will start Ruby reminded she is crazy forever. She will remind us that her mother doesn't know she does drag. We are reminded of her victories, her high camp performances, and once again, that moan. We were reminded of her Johnny Holiday battle with Kitty and her decision to pick a different character, which brought her to the bottom. Oh, and how they told all told her she should be the one to go home. What a wild journey this one had. Four wins, bitches. She is all about acceptance, and we will see that bond she made with her makeover partner, and that will be a big part of her legacy. What was your favorite moment of Sada Forever? Uh, I think it's both. Um, I love the makeover, uh, the bond with Francois, the uh, rugby player was was great, um, and I also loved the uh, and I mean the the third challenge, the the, the one she won with the, the interview. She was uh, hilarious yeah. in that. Um, I, I really loved uh, Sarah Forever. I mean, I loved all the queens to be honest, but she she was such a unique and unique one. She had a unique perspective on what she was doing, a bit crazy, a bit wild, but always very smart. Um, I didn't always like it or love it, to be honest, but I can respect the artistry behind it, you know. She reminded me throughout the season of a version of Jimbo. Like, it was always going to be a little crazy and out there, but it made sense to their drag persona. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Madam Forever. This was the epitome of Sarah. It was 80s glam rock and she rolled. It was Freddie. It was Bowie. It was exactly what I wanted. She can perform. She can dance. She can sing. She is going to be a super all-star in the world of Drag Race. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love the look. I love the campiness of the performance. The bang piece where the bangs looked like piano keys. This is my favorite performance of the night. Um, Mine as well. Uh, I think by far the best performance. Uh, I think it helped that you could hear the music, but even then she danced um, great. The song was catchy. I mean, it stays in your head. I mean, everyone in the mm-hmm. room was like singing with her at the end. Uh, the, the the bangs, uh, the, pi- the piano bangs with the magnets was, was great as well. Um, no, it's great, great show. Great work. I loved it. Daphne says it's incredible what just happened. She tells her she has a power, a bit of magic, and says since she had started the competition, she says that she has the power to develop her imagination in seconds with all her references and to rock them into a new world like that and take them all on board. She says sometimes it's confusing, but it's always uplifting. Kitty will say that he didn't want it to stop and was ready for an hour and a half of crazy. He will say that the songs that they created in the finale were really lethal. He says what he admires about her is she is an accomplished drag. She knows who she is and where she is going. He says that she is a diesel that started slowly and then caught it all, being always stylish, smart, and sharp. It's the drag he likes and speaks to him and wishes she goes as far as possible, but not win because we all know whose team he's really on. Well, yeah, and what what was he talking about? What diesel? She won the first two out of three challenges. What 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 is he talking about? I know. I think. Listen, I think Kitty was under the influence of something by this point of the show oh, and then while while he's on judging he he's sometimes i'm like give me a little more life a little more life a little more activity. yeah I, I i don't know it was a bit strange everyone everyone in the room was like what <laughs> what is he talking about yeah. 
Nikki reminds her she has won four times, and each time she's won, she didn't seem to understand why. She says it often happens to her that she doesn't understand why, but she has been told so much in her life, whether it was too much or not enough, too popular, if it's in the right place, that she'll finally receive what she's earned, and she will find herself in a better place. All right, does her mom know she does drag? She says yes. She told her after filming, and she's told her that as long as you become a star and happy, that's done. Great so, parenting advice. There it is. All right. She has brought her friend Marlene. Did she not have another friend? Did someone cancel? Could we not find another friend in the room? What? Why only one person? No idea. No idea. That was weird. But I can I say I love their friend. You can tell that she's their best friend. She was dragging her the whole time. It was so funny. Like, yeah, not no empty compliments. She was like, no, you did this. And I loved all your flows. And it was amazing. <laughs> Marlene's favorite moment of the season. It's hard for her to choose because she has been built like a work of art and like a work piece of art. There are ups and downs and perhaps her favorite is beyond the highs she's capable of are her lows. She says, Francois Sagan, a big lousy, a big bit lousy with big cigarette. It's when the others designate her to go and she's classy all the same. She makes a point and it's pleasure. But yes, she dragged, dragged, dragged her. Um, but I think in a way when your best friend can say that your best moments are your lows it means that they are able to see that you are able to overcome those moments of course and, and you can tell she loves sarah sarah also was so happy to see her you can tell the love in the, in their eyes but but why would you bring that up in the finale <laughs> so weird right nikki will ask if she covers her bangs when she's happy marlene says she didn't before but now she does it all the time it's painful and a great trick and says that she's good at finding gimmicks that people pick up up on and you know what that's the key to drag race you have yes, to figure yes, out what's yes. going to work um because if you just say isma all the time we're not going to like it because it's not funny anymore exactly Floor, if you're listening stop it it's not funny yeah i mean sarah oh, sarah I, she, she's been great because i mean from what i understand she came a bit from nowhere not a lot of people knew about her before the show and she's been i mean she has killed it she won 50 yes. of the main challenges she, she's incredible which is insane insane she's incredible oh finally our last one sarah says a little about you that she loves him a lot and he is probably already very very crazy she says there's no doubt that he's from the building like all of them she says <laughs> when the building goes everything goes in the end she tells him that he is very handsome he'll never feel at home but he will encounter extraordinary people along the way who will make him realize that he's doing what he's doing isn't disgusting uh, what is this phrase uh, from the building? What what was that really translating supposed to be? Okay, so it's a literal translation, but I've never heard it before. I think it's a Sarahism, probably. But uh, on the other okay, hand, when okay. when she says is very crazy, she means is very like crazy. You know, if you know the movie La Cage aux Folles, um, Folle is a slang word for gay person. Um, so gotcha. when Sarah also says she elle est folle, no, she elle est forever. Uh, she means she's crazy, but also she's she's gay. Of course, it's a it's a slang. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, See, yeah, yeah. I, I, season three. Someone teach me French. I'll I'll get I'll understand things a little better. Duolingo, come on, sponsor me. Let's do it. We are going to once again relive the most moving moment of season two. And shocker, it's the musical. We will hear Moon talk about the power of drag and how it has helped them all. We watch Nikki and friends break down following the performance of the Ruskal. Imagine RuPaul doing that. Never. Ru, no, never. No, no, no. Not now, anyway. 
No. We will also hear about the struggle of being outed from Peach and how being on Drag Race, they can share their similar experiences. We see that group trauma hug for Ginger. We get Moon discovering herself as a trans woman and how it affected her mental health. Drag is political. And we will have an encore performance from The Rizzle featuring all the queens. Now, this really gave me shades of the Drag Race 15 finale We were where we were hammered home with the power of, of Wigloose. Um, this Rizzle really seemed to have an impact beyond the show. Um, do you think they will be performing selections on tour? I hope so. I love the Coton <laughs> Arrive en Queen. For me, that was the best uh, number. And I'm glad they did that one as well as the finale. Um, can I just say it felt a bit like a needle scratch, this emotional moment there at the end. I would have preferred to see that package a bit earlier in the show and maybe the comedy at the I end. Agree. And um, yeah, They I were also... trying to balance it out. And I was like, mm, whatever. Whatever they weird. they produce the show, not me. And I also I I have to say I know it's a bit um, discussed that it's a bit forced. All those discussions in the in the main stage and uh, sorry in the backstage, um, the 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 group hugs and whatever the therapy sessions. But I think all in all, they they, they shared very important messages. I think to the French audience, mm-hmm. to the international audience. I loved 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 to hear about Moon story. Uh, Mami Wata's story, which we didn't see in the in the montage, was also very touching. Uh, I think with her struggle with her gender and her family, um, the whole thing with the makeover um, uh, with Peach and her and her family, uh, Ginger and her struggle coming out uh, ten years before everyone else. Um, it was, I mean, for me, it was a perfect uh, season for those discussions and for the the, the, the queen struggle um, all over all over the episodes. Um, you could really follow their journey. And, yeah, it's. Uh, I always love hearing them. I think they're always important. For me, it's always how they're introduced into the the scene. Because sometimes you can tell, at least with the American version, that there's a producer who's like, go over there and say this to them. I don't feel it that much here in France. España, especially this past season, it was very heavy-handed. You could tell that they were forced to have certain conversations. Mm-hmm. Um UK, they're not allowed to do that because that's part of the BBC rules. Everything has to come naturally. Uh, so, but you can tell, you can tell that a lot of these queens are fans of the show, so they know it has to happen. But I do appreciate that here in France, they at least allowed it to feel a little natural. Yeah, yeah, and and also, I mean, I think all, out of the eleven queens, I think nine of them perform and live in Paris now. Um, so, so they will work with each other. They they will learn to be um, sisters and very close uh, to each other. Um, they will be part of each other's lives forever. So it's it's mm-hmm. really nice to see those bonding moments, um, even Absolutely. if it's you know a bit overproduced. It's still uh, it's still really touching. Um, yeah, I loved it. It's and I love the songs of the first round of the night. Yeah, it's time for Miss Congeniality. But first, let's bring out our current reigning Miss Congeniality, Ellipse. Um, she looked very Ellipse. I don't know what she was wearing. She she looks she looks good. I mean, the makeup was good. I love the color story. Not my taste, to be honest. Uh, aside from that, but uh, she looked very her, as you said. After revealing that she has been a bit naughty, she says that she was nice uh, and tells Nikki that the qualities Miss Congeniality must have are being sublime, telling Nikki that she is sublime, and of course, lots of benevolence. 
Does she think someone from season two has those qualities? Well, she's going to try to do a little comedy here and clear her throat and be like, yes, with a question mark. But she says she can search for at least one of them. <laughs> it's time to reveal. The winner of Miss Congeniality season two is Moon. I'm assuming all the girls voted, which checks out. Do you agree with the result? Of course. Uh, well, you know, before they announced it, I was like, who can it be aside from Moon? You know, so yeah, yeah. Uh, you you should have heard the, the cheers in the room when I was at the viewing party. Like people went crazy. So yeah, Moon seemed very shocked, or at least appeared to be shocked. I think she was shocked. I think who do you as think I said, she, who does she vote for? Probably Mami or maybe Cookie County. I think uh, one of the two. But yeah, mm-hmm. who knows? Uh, I I think she. I, I really think she. Did not expect to be so beloved, uh, and it's always right. I like the sincerity behind her. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it was very obvious that she would win. I think. Well, what will she say now? She says she can't believe it, and then we'll ask if there is a check. Uh, there it is. I love it. Um, is there a check? Like, can she not get money for this? Like, what? What is it with the prizes for the mini challenges and miscongeniality? Are there no prizes allowed? I think I think in since it's a it's like BBC you know it's a French public television so I don't think they were allowed to have uh, money prizes um, so I don't think she actually earned anything aside from like bragging rights but um, yeah go f- Nikki go call Christian Louboutin go give her a pair of shoes yeah that would be nice she could sell them and probably for the amount of money that she would have gotten a check for. <laughs> Oh, oh man, it's time to find out who will be competing for the crown. Four will become two. Moving on to the lip sync for the crown are Kiona and Sara Forever. Do you agree? Oh uh, yes, I think. Absolutely. I, mean, I think with the whole season, you know, you had the best track record ever. You had the winner of four main challenges. They had good to great performance in the night. Great looks. I, I don't see how you could argue against it. I agree. Now, to let the girls get ready for the lip sync, we are going to do what we call a time kill. As the queens of season two, we'll get some messages from famous people. Some of them um, didn't show up in person on the season, but in lip sync, like Shime. Others who made cameos or guest judge appearances in the past two seasons, like Chris and Bilal, Zaya, uh, who did not turn her ring light on, which was like, but aren't you like some famous social media? Okay, whatever. Um, Nicola Serkis, Iris Martin Ray, Olivier Rostang. And um, there was even one message sent from someone who was physically actually in the room as well, Victor Von Santo, who yes. I still would like to smash. Um, that was weird. I, if I were there, I'd be like, but you're right there. Why did just go up on stage and say something? Virginie Despont was there as well in person. We saw her a few times. We saw a lot, actually, of, uh, oh, really? of famous. Yeah, we saw we saw Beatrice Dahl was there, uh, Woodkid was there, uh, Alex Ramirez, Penelope Bajeux, a lot of famous uh, French uh, people were in the room. Uh, but can we talk about that video by Nicolas Sirkis? He was literally in his taxi with like his phone like this. Like it was crazy. Like, can you do that in five minutes? Yes, uh, uh, I love you right. all. It was so bizarre. <laughs> it's time. For the final two to lip sync for the crown. It is a battle between the best overall track record versus the queen with four wins. Truly a strong top two who had two very different journeys on the show. The song is by French DJ David Guetta featuring Australian icon Sia. It is Titanium. 
All right. What did you think of the song choice? Do you, am I ever going to get my uh, Celine Dion Eurovision moment? Like when? When am I going to get that song performed in the show? I was uh, not. I mean, the song is great. I love the song. Everyone loves the song. But for me, it didn't represent French drag. You know what I mean? I would have no, preferred to have a, a French song. So why they didn't do it? It's probably because since it was the first live finale ever, aside from the US, they had to fight Woe um, tooth and nail to get it. Uh, they didn't want to allow it. Then they finally relented after like apparently a lot of efforts uh, on Nikki and the producer's part to prove they could do it. I think one of the conditions was, okay, we have to sell that to the international audience. So put an American song or like a song that American people or international audience maybe will, uh, will know and love. Um, yeah, I was not a fan to be honest. I mean, I, I'm a fan That's of That's why I was hoping it would be my Celine song. I would have, I would have loved the selling song to be honest. There was one in season one and none in season two, and that was a bit sad. When they said um, the 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 French singer uh, or the French musician most famous at the international, I was sure it would be Celine. I was so confused when it was not. Um, yeah, that was a choice. Um, but yeah, I mean the the yeah. Well, for me, I think the reason I was taken aback was not that it's David Guetta. There's nothing wrong with David Guetta. Brilliant. Really love him um producer but it was in english and i think yes, that's yes. what took me out and it was a disservice to the queens who celebrated french this entire season and they're like no 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 if you're gonna win you have to be americanized and i was like that's not what the spirit of the international season of drag race is exactly can you imagine uh, the finale of espania season one with that song instead of uh, the song that carmen won in yeah. Exactly. I mean, even exactly. that season one finale when they forced them to do an English um, music video. That was rude. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very weird. But yeah, I mean, I, right. I mean, now, again, the song is great. Lip sync, yes. Um, the way that Nikki is getting in the crowd like RuPaul of the finale, priceless. Um, I felt bad for the bitches who had to sit behind her because they saw nothing, they could not see fucking anything. Apparently, it took like 15 minutes to to set up that stage and for Nikki to to go down uh, and everything. Yeah, I uh, can imagine. Probably by the time they did that also uh, to allow Kiona and Sarah to get changed. Uh, but yeah, it was a bit weird. Of course. All right. It was obvious we were going to have some reveals in the looks that they came out with. Um, the song is a great song for lip syncing in general. It really has an incredible build and there is a lot to play off of with the the strength and the build of Sia's vocals. Of course, when we get to the chorus, we will have Sarah spin around, but Kiona is going to do her reveal here. I was personally not impressed by the reveal simply because been there, done that before. And then the wig reveal. And I was like, okay, well, we're getting very colorful compared to Sarah for now. Um, what did you think of Kiona's reveal? Was it good enough? I hated the wig she came out of, uh, the, the blonde, like, Afro wig. I didn't get it. Um, and also, as you said, it was obvious it was going to be a reveal. Um, but to me, I interpreted it like, okay, she's in a business kind of suit with the blonde Afro wig. It's felt, like, very restrictive. And then she removes it, and she can be free to dance and to celebrate in, mm. in pink, in hot pink, and when in a colorful wig. So that's what I took it as. But look at Sarah. I mean, she looks incredible in white. She looked like a priestess uh, of, of, like, a yeah. fantasy, fantasy nation. 
the wig is amazing on Sarah, the, this blonde wing. Um, yeah, um, I don't I, know. I think I... Sarah gave me the performance that I love to see. It was mysterious and engaging, and the blue paint, it sure or it could may have functioned a little bit it didn't go according to plan but it was an incredibly powerful reveal and then yeah. the blue wig reveal i think she really had this plan she knew what she was doing as opposed to kiona who let her freedom of her movement take her away um yeah. and then you have kiona who went to the school of mommy Wacha. she does have one last reveal into bikini um then she gave us your the voguing i at first thought she like stumbled and like broke her ankle but she was just showcasing how good of a voguer she is. Like yeah. that's how good she can move. I think I think Sarah to me had the most impactful performance. I think the reveal with the blue ink going on a Rorschach text all over her body, uh, the blue wig and everything. She she looked incredible, and you will remember that for years to come. I think one of the best Absolutely. reveals to me since uh, Sasha Velour. I think the problem with Sarah is that she for me, didn't appear to know the word. If you look at her mouth, she's not lip-syncing Sia's song. Um, I think she was maybe stressed about it. Maybe it's the English. Maybe she was stressed about the reveal that she couldn't focus on the words. Um, and it was mm -hmm. very noticeable because they kept zooming in on her face. And yeah, that was that was tough to watch. Uh, whereas, yeah, Kiona knew every word. You could tell she knew the song inside and out. Um, but I really did like that they each gave each other center stage. So when Sarah came mm -hmm. in the center, Kiona went to the left and then vice versa. But Kiona made damn sure that she would finish front and center in front of Nikki on the damn stage with the voguing performance. Did you notice um, that there was some blue paint on that floor? Yes, yes, it went everywhere. <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah. Okay, I mean... Before we can pass on the crown, let's bring back the queens and our current reigning for Mirma Wentz left. It's Paloma. Now, I don't know if she was drunk backstage, but she was clearly not present. She she was like, wait, I have to do something now. OK, fine. Here, I look pretty. She looks like a fairy princess. I am still forever obsessed with her. Um, I love Paloma. Okay, that look is crazy. It's So if you read on her Instagram, it took a month and a half to be made. It's 30 meters of fabric, 350,000 uh, crystals uh, and uh, placed on the dress. And it's a reference to a um, movie musical, actually. Uh, and she's indeed a fairy, the lilac fairies, uh, the lilac fairy from that Got musical. It. I figured so. it out. I loved it. Yeah. Um, if you put a blonde wig on it, I was like, wait, did she take it out of Cam's um, closet? But it still looked great on her. Uh, the wig is from uh, from the the... Cam's boyfriend. Cam's Christopher Mika, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think she was... Uh... Damn it. She looked incredible. Between Cam and Cookie, having um, lovers or, or drag family members who are brilliant hairstylists, God, they're lucky. Paloma, I mean, she looked amazing. Amazing. Yeah. The sexy dancer pit crew member arrives with a crown and scepter, which is still the ugliest crown and scepter we've ever had in this history of drag race. Yes. Um, whoever signed off on this one. Oh my God. So ugly. But remember it's worth 40,000 euros somehow. Sell it. Sell it. Don't even keep it anymore. Oh, I'm kidding. The winner of drag race France season two. It's Kiona. Do you agree? Yes, I think I agree. I think, I think for a lot of reasons, I think, 
she really was the narrator of the season. She dominated the season in the airtime. She was an amazing queen, amazing friends, amazing performer. Um, in the finale, I don't know if she had the best performance. I think Sarah slightly edged her. Uh, but overall, um, for the whole season, I think uh, Kiona is a very, very deserving winner. I personally like Sarah better overall. She was a personal favorite of mine. But when you look at Kiona's track record and also being a queen of color, it sense for her victory. Like this was the right time to crown her. For me, in my preview podcast, I, I had her as my most excited for. And she proved she was a very exciting character to watch. But Sarah not winning with four wins is unheard of in recent memory on Drag Race. It, Literally, it every before. single person who has won... Huh? Say it again? It, it has happened before. I mean, uh, Crystal Versace won against uh, Ella, who had also uh, four wins. Uh, right. Um, but like at least this year, every yeah, single this year, person no, yeah. who has had four wins has won. Yeah, yeah Um, sure. I think this might mean... um. She will be the next Chad Michaels and just have an all-stars victory given to her. I mean, if she wants to, she can definitely come back for an all-star or a versus the world. I think Sarah is incredible. She's an incredible drag artist. She, she, I mean, whoever would win that season would have been an, a deserving winner for sure. I think Absolutely. what hurts Sarah as well is that she is very close to Paloma in her drag. And as, as she won... It would have cemented maybe in the French public a kind of drag image uh, that would have been similar right. between the two. Uh, Kiona, she, she, you know, she has the, I mean, she's she's a queen of color, which is, I mean, pretty rare, I, I guess, in, in Europe. Um, yeah. She's also from the ballroom, which is also not frequent across all drag race franchises. I think she has a very different perspective of drag um, as Sarah and as uh, Paloma as a previous winner. Um, and she's a great, she's a great uh, spokesperson. She's a great um, speaker. I think she can, she can really um, be a great ambassador for the for the drag race brand uh, in France for that second season. Absolutely. I, I, I again, I, I think either of them would have done well. Yeah. Um, this cast was great. Season two was a great season. And I got some burning questions to wrap this podcast. Are you ready? Yes. Where does Kiona fall in the rankings of all drag race winners? Is she high, middle, or low? For me, she's she's very high. I don't know if she's the highest, probably not, but she's in the in the top tier for sure. I mean, her track record, her track record alone is great. She's a great performer. She's a great person. She's gorgeous. I mean, we didn't say it enough, but she's gorgeous to look at. Um, I love her. I mean, she was my favorite um, almost the whole season. So very, very high on her. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I would say she's like high middle for me because there are such other characters who had such stronger impacts on their season. Um, and I think Kiona not winning half the challenges may be why. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if, if RuPaul said, I'm going to do an international winner season, Kiana's getting a phone call. She's going to be on it. And, and and I think she would go very far on that season too. Yeah, we'll see. I listen. I've I yeah. I I've already said you know, my global all stars. If you don't give me Carmen Ferrara, if you don't give me Emmy Peru, if you don't give me, she hasn't won yet. But if Christian Peralta doesn't win, I think the world's over. But give me those three, I'm happy. 
put Keanu there. Oh, that'll be great. Press, I can, World of Wonder, just hire me to cast your global all-stars. I got it for you. It's going to be a great season. When is that global all-star coming right. for sure? It's it's eventually coming. Uh, I've heard rumors that it was because someone they wanted was a little busy doing a new television program. Mm, interesting. What's her name? <laughs> um, give me the first three queens who will get phone calls to compete on an All Stars or Verse the World season. Sarah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think Moon as well, and Peach. Peach for me, Sarah. And this is where it gets weird because the, the third spot is kind of all over the place. I think they're going to call mommy. Why not? I mean, I love mommy. I don't know. I don't know how she would fare on an international season. I think she's still a bit young, um, but I think as... so too, but she, yeah. she good TV. She's and if great she now TV. has some new coin. Maybe she can, maybe she can help with the look department. Because uh, yeah, I do think yeah. if she had better looks, it would have been a very different outcome potentially. Because um, as a TV character, she was great. Amazing television. But they, I'm going to ask they you a very hard question. Shoot. Yeah, I'm going to ask you a very hard question. Drag Race France season one or Drag Race France season two? I would say Drag Race France season two. I think Drag Race uh, France season one was very much the first season of the franchise. There were some kinks. Um, I didn't agree with uh, some of the judging on that season. The treatment of Lolita was sometimes a bit cringy. Um, some oh. of the decisions were a bit strange. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, they both, they both are, are great. I think all the queens that have come out of both seasons are, are, are amazing. Um, and I'm looking forward to the third one. Yeah, I, I think I will go with season two as well, though there are characters from season one that I'm very, very um, enamored with. I love Paloma. Obviously, Lolita. I love, love, love Lolita. Um, but this season felt like, okay, we did our homework. We know what didn't work on season one, and we're going to make sure yeah. season one is even better. Um, and it was a really good cast. This was a really strong season, and I do encourage anyone who has not watched it because they don't want to watch the seasons that's not in English... Go and watch it. it. It's necessary. It is now the highest rated season uh, of all Drag Race franchises on IMDb too. Correct. I still don't know how IMDb does their um, scoring. I No one has really cracked that code for me. Um, but no, it, I mean, it's, it's it's understood. I under I get it. It was a very good season. Yeah. yeah it, and the audiences are great too. If you look at the audiences for the finale, they got almost 700,000 uh, people uh, watching it, which is more than um, the finale of uh, US season five, 15, for instance. They had more people watching it. Listen, there, uh, there is something that these new international seasons are doing. The the home countries are loving them and makes me happy because I get to talk about them. And listen, there's at least one more European um, uh, drag race happening. It starts in uh, two weeks. Next week, no, this week. Oh my God, very soon. Um, and who knows? Maybe there will be more um, European drag races. I still have hope that someone will salvage Holland. I would like it back. I think I've heard rumors that they would do uh, some kind of uh, mixed season with uh, Holland and uh, Flanders in Belgium to have a Flemish-speaking 
our Dutch speaking so, uh, season let, across I'm the country. I'm here for you. Let, let Susan host it. I'll be happy with that. Of course, why not? And uh, you know what? Fred, I, Fred, I lo- Fred, go away. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know what? I loved that Moon was always saying that she's the only uh, Swiss person to come, and then two months later in uh, Germany, you have two new Swiss person, uh, two new Swiss. Drag yeah, we got a lot. We got. Oh God, I have to start learning German. All right. <laughs> I'm going to ask you it and you can answer however you want to answer it. Where can we follow you, follow you on social media, Venmo, any projects you want to plug? So give us the, the Belgian version of that answer. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at ddavid1988. Um, I don't have any other socials. I wish I didn't have any other socials, but whatever. Well, this was a pleasure having you on. I am sure now that uh, season two of Belgique is filming, you will be back on the podcast probably sooner than anyone thinks. I hope so.